Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favourite news wrap-up podcast. Well, if it's not your favourite, then I've just proclaimed that it is, and it should be. Anyway, as always, I'm joined by brother Nick, Squish, Squishy, Nick, how the hell are you? I'm good, Lucy. It's hot and humid down here, and it looks to be the same up there in Tamaki Makoto. Oh my god, you sound like the weatherman. But yes, it is so hot. Last week, I pretty much like sweat through my t-shirt. And okay, full transparency, everyone. Nick and I just recorded like the shittest intro we've ever recorded, and like they're usually all pretty shit. And then luckily, my mic did this thing where it accidentally like sped up what I was doing. So Nick, what did I sound like? <laughs> So um, you guys are lucky that none of you have to hear that and instead you can hear me talking about how sweaty I get while recording these podcasts. Anyway, if that wasn't the weirdest thing you heard on the internet this week, not a good segue. No. Nick, just, just tell me the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week. The weirdest thing I saw, well, I guess was heard, was Joe Biden calling a Fox News reporter a son of a bitch in a uh, press conference. Did he? He did. He thought, I think he thought the microphone was off, but we'll play the clip. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Did he say, what a stupid son of a bitch? Yeah. Holy shit. Go off. Yeah, so he was in a uh, press conference and he was fed up of all the press conference questions being about sending troops to the Ukraine. Um. So this Fox News reporter tried to get a gimme question on inflation, and and I know he must have thought the uh, the microphones were off. And <gasps> you he stupid son of a bitch. And he called the reporter. He said a sarcastic little, "How is inflation an asset? You stupid son of a bitch!" And then, oh my god, it's like the um, Australian reporters talking about Novak Djokovic when they thought that they weren't live and <laughs> they were live, and they were saying like that he was just basically a bit of an asshole. And it was live. I mean, it seems pretty unpresidential, but considering the last sort of five years, it seems kind of normal. Well, considering we're in unprecedented times. What was the weirdest thing you saw this week? Um, the weirdest thing that I saw on the internet this week, it's funny because I thought that I didn't have one, but turns out maybe in like a fever dream, I'd actually written one down that I wanted to talk about. So I actually have two. First one is the Simpsons predicting that Tom Hanks is going to come back to save their credibility. So you, you know, Nick in the Simpsons movie when Tom Hanks sort of pops up to say the US needed some credibility. So they've got me, Tom Hanks to come in and blah, blah, blah. So they've borrowed some of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially, at um, Joe Biden's one-year thing, fancy shindig or whatever they do, they got Tom Hanks to do exactly that, didn't they? Well, exactly. I love the fact that The Simpsons predict anything, but, like, it's so... They must have such good writers. 
such good writers, so many episodes, you know, you're bound to yeah. throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick sort of thing. But it is pretty uncanny how often this happens. Like, it's bound to happen again, and we're bound to post about it. I know. It, it shakes me every time, but I, I, I really, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Anyway, my second weirdest thing, the one that I was actually going to talk about, is a Kenyan man who flew from South Africa to Amsterdam in the wheel of a plane... So a 22-year-old man stowed away, like, in the nose wheel of a cargo plane and survived the, like, long-ass journey. I think it was an, it's an 11-hour flight without stopovers, and there actually was a stopover in this one, um, from South Africa to Amsterdam, and it went via Kenya, and they think that he got on in Kenya. So a lo- uh, not a lot of people, but people have done this before, and often, unfortunately, they don't survive the journey because obviously you go to extremely high altitudes and like freezing temperatures so the fact that this guy survived is a miracle and and it does feel a bit weird saying like the weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week because for you because he was going to the Netherlands to apply for asylum to seek asylum there and like for you to go to this length to to have to escape your country and to want to seek asylum in another country is like it's it's terrifying. Like, you don't do it because you want to. You do it because it's your last chance. So while, yes, it is weird that he made the journey like he did it in the wheel of a plane, it's also really heartbreaking and quite like a sign of the times in, in Kenya if that's where he did get on board. It's such a a, a wild thought to hide in the, in the, in the wheel well of a plane, you know, like... And, like, how lucky are we that we think it's such a wild thought, whereas for him it was, like, his only rational... In his head, that was a rational way of getting from A to B. Exactly, yeah, crazy. Nick, now I know that you have a few updates for us about, like, everything we've been talking about recently. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, So a few little updates. Um, First of all, Omicron for us here in New Zealand and all the listeners here. Um, so the highly transmissible variant of COVID-19, a little disease that's been floating around for the past couple of years, is now in the community here in NZ. Um, we've been put back to alert level red. Now, what is alert level red? Everyone's everyone's asking me. Um, conservatives all over the world think it's some sort of like massive lockdown and they're, they're all saying, thank yeah. Christ we aren't in New Zealand. It's like, I don't know. It's not really that bad. It's basically how we've been living for the past year and a bit, I suppose. Um yeah except there's now a limit on gatherings. So 100 people limit, no concerts, no festivals, but summer's sort of over, so most of those should have been done, but still yeah. um, to everybody who had shows and we've, we've gone to shows, it's a bit gutting. Uh, Jacinda had to cancel her wedding, which mm. I'm sure is gutting for her as well. Um, so there's no more over 100-person gatherings and no more dance floors at bars. So if you can live without those, then I think we'll be sweet. Yeah, and I guess as long as people keep... Wearing their masks, I hear the N95 masks are actually recommended these days. Recommended, and the New Zealand government have said that like bandanas and like just pulling up your shirt doesn't count as a mask anymore. You actually have to wear a proper mask. Yeah, and when you can get boosted, do go and get the booster. It protects the people around you, it protects you, and like we've said in our Omicron episode, it also helps stopping new variants sort of being created in a very in a very like far-fetched way but it still does help exactly it only takes 20 minutes and it's so worth it yeah now tonga uh last week i mentioned a little bit about the volcanic eruption and tsunami that happened in tonga so aid has reached 
Tonga in the form of New Zealand and Australian Navy ships and Air Force planes, with the HMNZS Aotearoa bringing over 200,000 litres of fresh water uh, and the capability to produce 70,000 a day uh, from seawater. So that's really important mm. because the volcanic ash from the eruption has contaminated a lot of the fresh drinking water in the country. But in saying that, a lot of these small remote islands still haven't been able to be contacted. guy who I work with, Salesi, still hasn't been able to contact his family out on a uh, remote island in Tonga. So, Have you been talking to him about how it's been going? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, Whenever I see him, I, I ask him how he's doing and if he's heard from the fam yet. But yeah, so pretty, pretty gutting for him and I'm sure a lot of other Tongan families here in New Zealand and all over the world. Hopefully the situation will improve in the next sort of couple of weeks as that cable linking Tonga and Fiji is set to be repaired this week. God, I hope so. I eh? just all those families. It's the not knowing. Like I just want them to be able to get in mm. contact, and I obviously want like the people living over in Tonga to you know have homes and infrastructure and get the fresh water that they need. And so, thank you for the update, and please keep bringing them to the pod. All right, one more. Um, the whole Russia-Ukraine sitch. Uh, yeah, what's happening there? Uh, Vladdy Daddy is still keeping pretty mum on whether he's going <laughs> to invade Ukraine. but the consensus- Did you make up Vladdy Daddy? Ah, no, I saw it on the internet. Nothing's ever original, but I'll claim it. Yeah, go off. Yeah, I made it up. So he's still keeping his cards close to his chest, uh, but the consensus for the rest of the world is pretty mixed at the moment. Uh, Russia's continuing to build up the army on the border of Ukraine, but Ukraine's leadership is sort of playing down the Russian threat. The US, however, aren't so sure, with 8,500 troops being put on high alert. Um, Diplomatic talks are still going on in Europe with a couple of exit options still available apparently, so hopefully that is the case. And we don't see sort of a conflict in the Russia-Ukraine region. It seems pretty heated though. Yeah, I know. And and it's really interesting because I see it everywhere and I find it really hard to make sense of just because it seems so like far from us yeah as soon as the u.s sort of get involved as well it sort of like becomes all of our problem and it's (laughs) it seems to be a trend doesn't it yeah yeah as soon as the u.s touch everything or anything it turns to shit well nick thank you for the bunch of updates i actually had an update on a story that we have spoken about on the podcast maybe about a month ago about the missing chinese tennis star peng shui Mm. now she is still missing or or we've not heard from her without it feeling extremely um fabricated and censored and so obviously we've heard a lot about the Australian Open. Obviously she's not at the Australian Open, but a few activists wearing t-shirts saying where is Ping Shui were at the Australian Open and they got their t-shirts confiscated. They also had a big banner saying where is Ping Shui and it was confiscated too. Now tournament officials over at the Australian Open said they did this because the materials exhibited political statements. It's just like, it's hard for it not to be political when the whole Novak thing's just happened and, like, we actually have a missing person who Loki should be here. And so Tennis Australia have actually come out and said, Ping Shui's safety is our primary concern. We continue to work with the WTA and global tennis community to seek more clarity on her situation and we'll do everything we can, except for the activists ask the question, where is Ping Shui, to, insert, uh, to ensure her well-being. 
It's really interesting, obviously, this case, because it's not just about, like, sexual assault, but also the the level, like, the, the how far a government, meaning the Chinese government, but then also actually, like, the Australian government a little bit here, or at least the Tennis Association, will go to, like... Protect brand, you know, protect image. Shit and, yeah, protect image. However, today it came out, and today is Wednesday, the 26th of Jan, that the Australian Open has reversed the ban on wearing T-shirts about Peng Shui. So either they read my newsletter and really didn't want to feel the wrath of all the shit-you-should-care-about homies. Probably. um, Or they listened to the activists, probably more likely, the people with the feet on the ground. Anyway, Craig Tiley, or Tilly, I can't really tell, um, the chief executive of Tennis Australia, said they would now allow spectators to wear the T-shirt as long as they attended without the intent to disrupt and were peaceful. He said, The situation in the last couple of days is that some people came with a banner on two large poles and we can't allow that. If you're coming to watch the tennis, that's fine, but we can't allow anyone to cause a disruption at the end of the day. If anyone wants to wear a t-shirt and make a statement about Peng Shui, that's fine. But banners um, still won't be allowed because it takes away from the comfort and the safety of the fans. Anyway, Nick, it's really interesting with this whole story. One, how quickly the media, including me and and lots of people I've talked to have sort of forgotten or moved on from the story even though we don't have an answer as to where this tennis star is and like the the news cycle moves on but um you know she won't she is still lost exactly we we still don't have the answers yeah yeah it's a reminder to people in the media industry and and us consuming the media as well and like the the great work that activists do, like they bring it back into our like conversation and yeah, it's just it's scary how quickly we move on, just like with Astro World. Exactly, yeah. I was I was in the exact same boat as you. Like when you said in your newsletter the other morning about Ping Shui, I was like, Oh my god, yeah, like I haven't heard anything from her in a long time. So I know. And it's actually like in a way, my you know, it's a big part of my job and your job now on this podcast as well to ensure that we are following up on these things and, like, we are keeping tabs because otherwise the Chinese government gets exactly what they want. Exactly. They just get away with control and that's not it. Now, Nick, do you have another news story for us? I do. Something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, you would have seen on the internet this week about the whole Eminem rebrand hell yes this was going to be my weirdest story of the week but then i realized your boy was doing a whole ass section on it and i was stoked i was busy typing away uh so this week the mars company who own m&m's rebranded changing the personified candies to be more inclusive saying as the world moves so do we um so this sort of involved changing the look of the characters i guess are they characters i suppose they're characters yeah they are characters but not to make them more inclusive, to make the green M&M, who was once, like, an icon and, like, a female icon, they gave her sneakers and took away her heels. Yeah, well, there's two sort of two sort of camps here that I've sort of noticed. There's the, they took away the green personality and, you know, no longer heels, she's in sneakers. And then there's the, the Tucker Carlson's of the world saying this. Brown Eminem has, quote, transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels, also less sexy. That's progress. 
M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. Oh my god. Yeah, that's pretty weird, eh? Let the great Eminem be sexy, man. And if you're turned on by an Eminem, that just sounds like a you problem. Yeah, it sounds like he was attracted to the brown Eminem. It's like... He wanted to take yeah. he wanted to take the M M&M and M out on a date. A bit fucking weird, if you ask me. Literally, and and have you seen that this rebrand um, has come sort of at a similar time to when Mars, Nestle, and Hershey are all sort of under a bit of fire for child slavery lawsuits? Yeah, I did see that. It's a hell of a coincidence, isn't it? That it, the whole world I is mean, talking about how the green M&M got her stilettos taken off her when there's child slavery going on. Maybe I'm a part of the problem, talking about the green M&M and everyone's outrage around that and not actually talking about the child slavery. Well, no, but here we are. Like, I feel like this week especially, I mean, we've just done an episode of the Kardashians PR machine and how that distracted from Astro World. We've just talked about Pink Shui and how, like, all this other, like, Novak shit and everything has distracted us from that, and so we haven't actually been following that big story. And, like, I feel like the PR behind these are almost the story in a lot of ways. Like, us then looking further into why would we be so interested in a rebrand of an M&M and then, like, even the fact that we can think maybe there's something deeper going and looking, seeing that there's child slavery lawsuits and, like, being able to unpack that. I feel like that's an interesting conversation to have on mic as well. Absolutely. You you raise a, a really good point. Yeah, I think it's just so valuable to always be looking into the way that we're getting manipulated by these fluff stories. And I fall into them all the time if I don't pull myself back and be like, damn, what else might be going on here? Are you going to stop eating M&Ms because of it? I am not putting another green M&M in my mouth. I might eat the other colours until she's sexy again. Heard it here first. That's very Tucker Carlson of you, Lucy. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Tell me something about Boris Johnson. Oh, my God. Boris Johnson is actuals a dipshit, eh? (laughs) Right, that's a headline. Boris Johnson is actuals a dipshit, eh? But we always knew this, but what has he done this time to make it sort of oh more solid? He's a more solid of a dipshit. A more solid shit. <laughs> yuck, sorry. A lot harder to swallow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yuck. So, 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 so. A few weeks ago, maybe only like two weeks ago, we came on this mic and we talked about Boris Johnson and how he was coming under fire for attending... Maybe not hosting, but definitely attending a bring-your-own-booze party in the gardens of 10 Downing Street. This was during the height of the COVID-19 2020 lockdown. Now we actually have reports that the man had a wee birthday party too. So... Downing Street has actually admitted that staff gathered inside number 10 to celebrate Bojo's birthday. Um, This was in June of 2020. There was about 30 people there. They sung happy birthday. They were served cake. This was still at the time when the rules were saying most indoor gatherings were banned if they were more than two people. Now, kind of unfortunately for Boris Johnson, um, he has said that the party had been a surprise from when he returned home from like an official trip to a school. And it's like, mm. Mm, that's not actually a good surprise from your staff if it was. like That's a 
that's a hell of a hospital pass to the staff, isn't it? Like that's fucking yeah. That's walking them straight to the headmaster's office and just or pushing them straight in front of the bus. Um, a, a, one thing to note is that actually he there's been a few other sort of lockdown. Um, I don't know gatherings that I hadn't mentioned on the shit show. So just a really quickly, a really quick timeline. A photo came out on the 15th of May 2020 showing the Prime Minister and his staff with bottles of wine and a cheese board in the Downing Street Garden. So um, he said they were talking about work but this was an illegal gathering. Then we had the 20th of May when about 100 people were invited to that bring your own booze party. Then we had Boris Johnson's birthday party on the 19th of June where about 30 people were gathered. And then during November and December of 2020 there are actually quite a few other gatherings that have come out and then right through till April of 2021 like he the man has been social more social than the man me. loves a shindig the man does um so the metropolitan police um over in the UK have actually launched an investigation into into the parties that were being held at number 10 during the COVID-19 pandemic which obviously is still ongoing um, officers were looking into potential breaches of regulations, regulations that Boris Johnson set. It's just crazy. Um, Boris Johnson's actually not that phased by it all. He said he welcomes the investigation as it would give the public the clarity it needs over the allegations. Mm. But I'm thinking, like, what? They're already calling for you to resign. This clarity might just be like that, yeah, the boy's got to resign. The, the man's got to go. And the man's got to go. Really interestingly, um, he He's being called a national distraction. And this, the reason this is interesting is because when I wrote about him a few weeks ago about the Bring Your Own Booze Party, I got a really good response to the morning newsletter that said, like, um, I'm really glad that you're talking about Boris Johnson. He's he's in the news, but it's all seems to be talking about PR. It all seems to be distracting people from like a couple of quite harmful law uh, bills that are trying to be passed in the UK right now. So one of them is a crime and sentencing bill. So, by the way, I did fact check this after I got sent an email um, sort of giving me the tip because uh, as much as I do trust and love our readers, I'm like very conscious that you girls should do some extra reading. So the crime and sentencing bill basically limits people's rights to protest over in the UK. It gives the police way more rights. So at the moment, if the police want to restrict a protest, they have to show that it can result in like serious public disorder, serious damage to property or serious disruption to the community. This bill wants to say that police can impose a start and finish time, set noise limits and apply these rules to a demonstration of only one person. They don't even have to prove that it's a danger or that it's seriously going to disrupt the community or anything. It basically says police can go in there and, like, set all these rules. Like, if a person was on their own holding up a, like, protest sign, sharing their views, they could get fined up to £2,500. Like, just someone on their own. And it would also become a crime, like, to fail to follow the restrictions that protesters, like, ought to have known about even if they haven't received these instructions from an officer so basically you know off the back of huge climate protests huge huge black lives matter protests um the murder of sarah everard and like women's rights protests they've tried to bring this new bill in that says that police can basically say and do what they want and it's really really um like people aren't here for it 
but that's interesting. Another another PR sort of cover up. I know. Another PR. And then also apparently there's some really quite scary new immigration um, bills that are looking to be passed that like people that are trying to help refugees cross the border, like you can be prosecuted for just helping, like even if they're in serious need. It's it's honestly a shit show and all of this like Boris partying. He's probably like letting himself take the fall for the partying because all this shit's way worse that he's trying to, you know, they're trying to pass. Exactly. Get out there and protest all this stuff while you've got the chance, by the sounds like. I know. By the sounds like. By by the sounds like. That doesn't make sense at all, does it? By the sounds of it. Totally. And just, like, I'm so grateful to have readers on the other end of the newsletter that, like, feet in all parts of the world. I would have no idea about all that shit going on if someone hadn't taken the time to actually be like, great story loose but there's more and like oh it's just i love it now nick now that i've talked my ass off about bojo do you have a good news story for me yes just a quick good news story um hawaii is the first u.s state to ban shark fishing in their waters oh my god i love that i know it's pretty cool um a bill passed by the 2021 hawaii state legislature Banning shark fishing took effect January 1st of this year. Uh, the bill makes it illegal to unknowingly capture, entangle, or kill a shark in state marine waters. Um, and this new law applies to all shark species found off the coast of Hawaii. Mm. Obviously a very good sign, and hopefully more states and countries follow that. Totally, especially when like shark fin soup is still seen as such like a delicacy in so many places, and, and sharks are just like hunted so, or like fished. So heavily. What was that documentary last year about the oceans? Sea Spiracy. Sea yeah. So they, they talked quite a lot about the shark industry and that, didn't they? Yeah. Now, the thing about Sea Spiracy is that it's, like, not that fleshed out. And so, like, definitely do more reading than just and watching than Sea Spiracy. But they did um, give a starting point for shark fishing. And also they could have done a weight. They could have called it, called it Conspiracy, S-E-A. And I just think, like... Missed opportunity. Now, Nick, do you have a comment of the week for me? Of course I do. Um, it was on your post about your the mundane poll, about how you pronounce tuna, tuna or tuna. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you pronounce it? Uh, I don't know if I... I don't know. I suppose I kind of tuna. both. Tuna, 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 tuna. I'd say tuna. tuna yeah. Tuna. tuna I say sandwich. tuna, but when I, was, when I was growing up, I said tuna, and now I changed to tuna. Anyway... Tuna tuna. Um, the comment from Panzer Princess is today on what accent do you have? <laughs> I love it when people are just going like, you have to be trolling me. Like, no one, if you say tuna, block me. There was actually so many good comments on that. <laughs> it's like, we actually do. People get real barred yeah. up on these polls. Now, what about you, Luce? Have you got a comment for us? I do. And this isn't actually a comment um, from anyone commenting on shit you should care about. This is a comment from Taylor Swift. Now, we've we've covered this whole Taylor Swift drama over on our latest episode of Culture Vulture. So basically, she was clapping back to this dude who said that she couldn't write, uh, said that she didn't write her own songs. And she commented back to him saying, Damon Albarn, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try and discredit my writing. Wow. And then I wrote this tweet all by myself, in case you were wondering. And I was just like, go off, Taylor. I'm sick of people just like 
coming for you because it's going to get them a bit of like PR, which again, this is done for this Damon dude because who knew him before this if you weren't a fan of Blur or the Gorillas? I was going to ask, do you know who Damon, Damon Albarn is? Uh, but you, you do. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> Damon I hate Albarn, him. lead singer of the NFT band Gorillas. Oh, I actually <laughs> said on Culture Vulture, I was like, Gorillas walked so Bored Ape Yacht Club could run. And I was like, oh my God, what world are we living in? I don't know. I don't know what world we're living in. Like, it's, it's too big of a question. It's, okay, yeah, that's way too big of a question. And, like, probably quite a good question for us to wrap this podcast up on. Oh, hell of a segue. Luce, where can the people find you? The people can find me mostly on the other end of the morning newsletter, which is The Light of My Life. You can sign up to that at our link in our bio on Instagram, which is actually you should care about. Um, or it's in our stories every day. Come do the mundane polls. I'm obsessed with all your answers. Nick, where can the people find you? Most of the time in a tractor, but when I'm not doing that, uh, I'm behind the shit show Instagram. So send me a message, make a comment. I love reading them. It makes me feel good. Same. And I love it when people share um, the episode that they're listening to their story and then we can reshare it because like people sometimes are on walks or at work and I'm just like obsessed with seeing how people listen. So keep doing that, everybody. And with that, we will bid you farewell, I think, for the week. Absolutely. See you next week, everybody. Bye, everyone.